Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kuchanov, and I'm back, baby. I'm back. Folks, I took a hiatus, as we all know. <laughs> I I feel like I have so many things to share, and I don't even know where to start, really. But I know that... I'll start here. Okay, so back... Oh gosh, it feels like an eternity ago at this point, too. So it was my 99th episode, and I think I even... I don't know if I teased it on the main episode or even, like, the Patreon episode um, over at the Good Patreon, um, that I had a special guest in mind and I confirmed that it could work out um so I'll tell you now I I dm'd tr on instagram and I was like hey I just I was just I was like you know what I'm just gonna shoot my shot the worst he can say is no and it'll be fine but he said yes and I I like freaked out I was so excited I couldn't believe that he like it was it was just like so simple he's like yeah sure I and he, he messaged me that he was in Paris for the week, but you know when he gets back, we'll iron out some details. And um, and I've been in this situation before, like on my other podcast, we've had some like possible high-profile guests, and scheduling is hard, and life happens. And long story short, like it didn't pan out, so I was kind of bummed. It's nothing against Tr. I feel like our, his schedule just couldn't accommodate it, and you know. I was like, ah, oh, what do I do about this 100th episode? And I guess in my mind, I had built it up to be like this big moment. You know, 100 episodes is nothing to scoff at. So I was just like, ah, how do I how do I pivot? What do I do? You know, and as a result, I, I just like I was trying to maybe hold off a little longer to see if maybe it could work out. Or we were kind of going back and forth through messages on Instagram And, you know, like I said, it didn't work out and that's fine, but it would have been really cool. And I was like, listen, you don't even have to be on for a whole episode. If you want to give me 15 minutes, that's more than enough. Um, So who knows? Maybe down the road it will happen. Um, But it did not happen for this episode. And I just was like, so much has happened in between that, too. I went on uh, a vacation, which I'll talk about shortly. And it's so... It's funny how like time just goes so quickly and I've been busy doing other things. I'm always kind of, at least it feels like I'm always doing something. I'm doing another opera with the Pittsburgh uh, Opera Company um, and, you know, I have my other podcast, the best supporting podcast. And just like we were doing a lot of social things, like it felt like we were doing something every weekend and it's like fall and we were traveling. It's just like this whole mess. And um And as a result, I like blinked and it was like mid-October and I was like, I need to get back on this shit. Like I I miss doing the podcast. It's a harder thing to do. A solo podcast is like, you know, if you have like a a co-host, I've said this so many times before, it's just easier to like, it's built into your schedule. You both push each each other to do it. Um, But with solo podcasts, it's just like finding that time, finding that motivation um, is is sometimes hard when, when life intervenes. But I'm back again. It feels so good to be back. I'm sure all of you are excited as well. At least I hope you are. And I've got I've received some really lovely messages and texts from listeners like I miss the good vanilla. Like where is it? <laughs> and I was just like I feel like I've replied to most of you, but in case I didn't, it's nothing personal. I was just like I don't have maybe I feel like maybe that week I was just not feeling motivated and I feel like 
you know, I could make excuses all day long, but at the end of the day, I just didn't do it. So, um, but here we are. The 100th episode of The Good Vanilla. We got here at long last. I hope it was worth the wait. Um, and this actually, I didn't write down, I should probably look this up in a second here, um, but this episode is called L.A. Story. And I was going to do one of those episodes where um, she goes to California with Jeffrey and she's like, it's that like intro where she's like, we're in California. We rented a house and she rents a house that looks almost identical to her Hampton house. House? Housed. Um, but I couldn't find it. I don't know why on Discovery Plus, I, I figured it was back to basics. But I, I just couldn't find it. But then I sound or sound. Then I found this episode called "L.A. Story," which is really great because um, when Keon and I went on vacation two weeks ago at this point or last week, I don't know. Time is non-existent to me anymore. Um, we went to Los Angeles and we also went to Palm Springs. So I was like, I think this is perfect. I think this is like the perfect 100th episode. It's nice and quaint. Ties into a little bit of my life. Um, you know, we'll keep it small, we'll keep it simple, we'll keep it cozy. Um, by the way, I just have to talk about Palm Springs for a second too in this vacation because it was delicious. I I mean, I feel like every I was talking to Colin on my other podcast, the best supporting podcast. Um, we recorded yesterday and we he was saying, like, I feel like every gay man eventually makes his way to Palm Springs. It's like it's like gay Mecca. And it really is like and, and there are other areas of the country like that, too. Like there's Provincetown, there's Fire Island, you know, a lot of places in Florida, I'm sure. Um, but Palm Springs, it just felt so special. And it was everything that I wanted it to be. It was really hot. But we went in October. And I think that's like, honestly, a lot of people were telling us like at like the stores we were walking into. Everyone is so friendly there, by the way. They were like, this is a perfect weekend for you guys to be here or like week because it's kind of like the last of the nice weather before like fall and winter comes, which by the way, their winter is probably, I, I can't remember the number, but I feel like it only goes down to like 70, maybe a little lower than that. I'm, I'm not sure, but it's just funny because like it gets so cold. Like for all of us East Coasters, we're like 70. Ugh, I would love that. So it was really lovely. Like I just fell in love with Palm Springs and so did Keon too. We had such a great time. Um, we had this like beautiful little Airbnb. Uh, it was called the Tangerine Hideaway. It's available on Airbnb too. So if anyone wants to look it up to see where we stayed or even stay there themselves, it was so lovely. It was like, uh, like a condo sort of situation. And we had a shared pool with like everyone else who kind of lived in the area and like in the community. But honestly, like I had the pool to myself, like most mornings, it was so wonderful. I would just like, I went down to the dispensary and I got me some gummies and I would just take half a gummy and then just like lie by the pool, just like kind of stoned and like feeling my, feeling that California Palm Springs vibe. And I don't know what they do to the pool and Palm Springs or pools, plural, but um, the pool is so cold. It's like crisp because I'm imagining the water would get super hot if left like to its own, you know, devices. I feel like they there's some sort of cooling system, which was really nice because, as I said, it was hot. The first few days we got there, it was like 100 degrees. But it's a dry heat, you know? It's not like... I mean, it is exhausting. Like, laying by the pool all day, like, we would come in... We would have to, like, take a nap every day, about, like, one or two. Um, it was just so great. There was, like, also music that played by the pool. I really feel like I'm, I'm in my Tom Jones era because... I would just be looking up like, who is this singing? It's so great. 
Um, and it was like 107.3 and they were just playing all these like great jazz standards and like musical theater covers. I was in heaven. It was just, I miss it so much. I miss that pool. I will tell you that. Like I was just, I guess it's been a long time. You know, I was saying on the, uh, with Colin yesterday too, that there's a difference between a vacation and traveling and Keon is more of a traveler where I am more of a vacationer. And I think to break that down a little bit more, this is all on like a TikTok I saw. Travelers like to go maybe like abroad, like somewhere in Europe and like do the tours and do the hikes and do the walking and eat the food. Whereas I like to do most of those things too. But like in my family, at least, you know, like we were my, you know, we were like middle class, you know, Pittsburghers who we would go to like Ocean City and we would just like lay on the beach like slugs for a week and I loved it and we would still do like mini golf and like go to eat and get some really great breakfast and stuff but that's like all I needed um I just want to relax on a vacation so I think we found a good balance um even in Palm Springs Keon was getting kind of antsy that he wanted to do something but it was also really hot like we couldn't really walk anywhere uh, one time he wanted to walk like, I don't even know, 12, 15 minutes to like this antique shop. And we were like walking for five minutes and we were like, there's no way. get We got to get back in the car. So it was super lovely. Um, and L.A. was also great. Like I had been to L.A. a couple times, but never like it was always for something else. Again, it was traveling. It was more of a trip than a travel or a vacation, really. Um, so we did a lot of touristy stuff. We took like a five hour bus tour, uh, which was great. We went to like Beverly Hills. We went to Santa Monica. We went to the Griffith Observatory, which is where Adele had that like amazing concert for her most recent album. Um, and then we did like the Warner Brothers back lot tour thing, which was great. Uh, a lot of Harry Potter stuff, which I'm super into. So I was really excited about that. And just like seeing sets and um, I, I, I didn't think I would like it as much as I did because I was like, ugh, I'd rather just like lay by the pool again. But I'm super glad we did the tours. And um, for anyone who is a Vanderpump Rules fan, uh, the last night we were there, we went to Sir, which for anyone who doesn't know is the restaurant where they film Vanderpump Rules. Um, so it was like an out of body experience. I loved it. And I was like such a wreck. I was like so nervous. Um, and for anyone who watches Vanderpump Rules, uh, Peter was there. Of course, Peter's there. He's like the only like remaining employee at Sir who's like on the show still, but like still works at Sir. He's the manager. And I got a picture with him, which was super cool. Um, so yeah, it was so, it was so lovely. Uh, it was a lovely vacation. We've gotten to this habit in the past two years of going on vacation in October, which I feel like is a really good time of year to go anywhere. I mean, I wouldn't want to go any earlier in Palm Springs because I feel like we would turn into just like fried chicken laying out in the sun. But um, it was so nice. I, I'm still dreaming of California and I, I can't wait to go back to Palm Springs. So I want to have like my 40th birthday at Palm Springs, but I don't know who I would invite. Like, I feel like I'd have to like cut it off and I don't, I don't know. Not saying like I have so many friends, but um, I don't know. I would just want to go there for some big, party and like rent a big airbnb and just like i don't know experience it all over again but it was great huh <sighs> well i guess we should get into this episode i'm trying to think if i have any other updates i'm glad to be back in october though i'm glad to be back for the holidays for the barefoot contessa or the good vanilla more specifically um i'm trying to think if there's any ina news oh you know what i did get i'll put it on the instagram because i 
was swooning over this. Um, and I debated on getting it, but I'm so glad I did because I wore it in Palm Springs like almost every day. Um, is a Barefoot Contessa hat. They sell them on the website. And it's just like, um, it's not denim, but it's like a baby blue hat. And it has just like Barefoot Contessa written in white lettering. But I, I tell you what, it's a nice hat. Like the back of it, like it's not just one of those like baseball caps with like those little like uh, those little like nubbies that you just like where you size your head and you just plug them in. It was like a nice like leather strap on the back that had this little like latch on it as well. So I'm really glad I purchased it and I'll probably wear it like all next summer um, because, you know, Keon and I are both bald. So we need that protection. We need a good hat. So I was very happy to be sporting the Barefoot Contessa hat. I will say no one complimented it. I thought maybe I would catch a few gays in Palm Springs just like, you know, like, I see you. I see that hat. But maybe they thought it and just didn't say anything. So either way. Okay, let's get into this episode. This is season seven, episode four. And again, this is called L.A. Story, Los Angeles. Okay, so Ina begins. My friends Billy Finkelstein and his wife Barbara are coming to dinner tonight. He's an L.A. screenwriter, and she's a fabulous architect. You know, I know these guys in L.A. only have frozen yogurt and water for dinner. I don't think so. Instead, I'm making an over-the-top three-course meal for them. I'm making pomegranate cosmos that are a delicious twist on an old favorite. And to go with them, salty fingerling potatoes to dip in a garlicky, garlicky, garlicky French aioli. And then for dinner, not one, but two blue cheese souffles. I have a foolproof recipe. And for dessert, spicy apple turnovers that look fancy, but they're really easy to make. These guys are actually really serious foodies, so I've got my work cut out. I have to tell you, I was, you know, for the 100th episode, I think this is a pretty solid menu. Um, and it's just funny because there's so much blue cheese. And as we all know, blue cheese sucks. And I will say this, I, I try blue cheese every once in a while. Maybe like, one, I don't want to say once a quarter, but like, maybe once every couple of years, just to see, you know, I know uh, taste buds can change. And I really do want to like it because so many other people like it. I'm like, why don't I like it? Um, so maybe like a month ago, we were at our friend Jess's mom's house and she had this like really great blue cheese. And she was like kind of, uh, she didn't put it on the platter. She like saved it for herself, which I, I actually frankly admire. Um, and she gave a slice to our friend Kate and I was like, I kind of want to try it. She's like, are you sure? Cause this is good blue cheese. She's like, this, this stuff doesn't come cheap. And I was like, I'll just take a little nibble. And I hated it. I just hate it. I feel like it's my cilantro. Like Ina hates cilantro and I hate blue cheese and I, I don't think we'll ever budge. There's just something about it that just tastes, oh God, it's like, as to use Ina's phrase, uh, like a gym sock. I just feel like it's the most salty peppery Ugh, I just hate it so but the souffles look great I will say so um let's get into this so Ina starts out um by making dessert first which you know I love I love when she makes the dessert first uh so she's peeling some granny smith apples and she says you know everyone always says they don't want dessert but I don't remember anybody turning it down at my house hmm <laughs> and which I love that's like a I don't know uh, that's like a put that on a pillow or a tote bag. Uh, so she's basically making apple turnovers, but with puff pastry. She's cutting a few corners, which I like. 
She's using Granny Smith apples, uh, but she says you can also use a Macoon or Empire apples. I, I've i never heard of either of those apples. I don't know if it's just I haven't looked hard enough, but um, one time I remember, I think I talked about this on the podcast, so apologies if I'm repeating myself, but there was like a billboard in Pittsburgh that was like, can you name five types of apples? And I guess it was like a challenge to see like how healthy you were eating. And let me see if I could do it now. So I'll say Macintosh, Granny Smith, Gala, Honeycrisp, and Red Delicious. Okay, that was pretty easy. I promise I didn't write those down. Um, that would have been very easy for me to do and you would have never known. But uh, so I guess I'm like so healthy, you guys. Um, but I do like apples. I don't really buy them that much. I feel like it's one of those things where like I'm in the mood for apples and then, you know, three months later they're in the bottom of your crisper just like begging for death. <laughs> um, so anyway, she peels those apples and they go into a bowl and then she also zests some orange. Yeah, she puts some orange zest in there as well, as well as um, half of a... Why can't I say this sentence? She juices half of an orange is what I'm trying to say. I don't know why that was difficult. After that, uh, she adds three tablespoons of sugar, some flour, cinnamon, and a smidge of nutmeg. Uh, you know, classic apple pie spices there. And then she tumbles in three tablespoons of dried tart cherries along with a pinch of salt. And Ina gives... I, I've never seen her do this. She gives like the... I almost called it the batter. Uh, the filling, like a taste. And it's obviously delicious. It looks really great. So... Um, you know, she can move forward. It's official. So now it's time for the puff pastry, which she gets from the fridge. And as she's carrying it back to the counter, she's like, there are times I feel like making my own up. Uh, start over. Take two. There are times I feel like making my own pie crust. And sometimes I just don't. And this is one of those times, <laughs> which is great. Um, so she flowers the counter and rolls out the dough until it's 12 by 12 inches and then she cuts those into four even squares uh, and then puts a little filling in each one. And she puts some egg wash on the edges of it and then folds it over almost like into a triangle, like a pierogi. Um, and of course, she crimps the en edges with a fork and they go on a sheet pan with some parchment paper. And then she puts them in the fridge. She doesn't bake them yet. She's going to bake them off later when her friends arrive, which is so chic. So now it's off to Bridgehampton Florist to pay Michael a visit. Um, a little behind the scenes here. I also sent a message to Michael to see if he wanted to be on the 100th uh, episode. But I sent it to the Bridgehampton Florist Instagram account because I don't think Michael has an Instagram account. I don't think I ever looked. But he didn't get back to me. So you're dead to me, Michael. Just kidding. I, I would gladly uh, be a patron at the Bridgehampton Florist. And whenever I make it to East Hampton, I can't wait to go. Um, but Michael is, of course, wearing an orange sweater, per usual. Uh, she tells him that she needs a chic arrangement for a dinner party. And then she's like, not orange. And I don't know if that's like a dig on Michael or a dig on Ina, because I feel like Michael has said in past episodes, Ina loves orange flowers. But does Ina love orange flowers? I don't know. But she was very clear. No orange flowers, Michael. So... Ina goes on to tell him that she has this idea of a deconstructed French bouquet. And Michael says, that sounds fabulous. Uh, so they start with, oh my gosh, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many autocorrects with these types of flowers. I wrote alch alchemical, alchemical. That's definitely not the name of the flower. 
Um, but that was the first flower, whatever that is. I'm sure there are people shouting at their phones right now like, no, it's this, but I don't know flowers. Uh, so she then she says, and obviously white lilac and white lysanthus. And I was like, all right. They all kind of look the same. Um, they add some lime green and white parrots? P-A-R-O-T-S. Oh, gosh. I should have, like, double-checked this spelling because it's probably something else. But autocorrect, y'all. It's It gets you every time. Um, so Michael scurries off to grab some tulips. And it's a lot of flowers, I will say. But, you know, whatever. And Ina says, whoa. You think we have enough for one table? And then it's just like outro music to the commercial. Um, so Ina's back at the house. It's time for some pomegranate cosmopolitans. And instead of cranberry juice, which is the classic cosmopolitan ingredient, she's using pomegranate juice. And she puts a few glasses in the freezer to freeze up. Uh, she uses martini glasses, which is very chic. And of course, she makes the cocktails in a pitcher. She's like starting to make it. She says, I hate making cocktails one at a time, Hmm. which I agree. Um, I think this might be one of the best party tips is making like a signature cocktail, but like in in bulk, really, because one time I think it was a while back, maybe a couple months ago, I I got really into making martinis and I, you know, I kind of not perfected it, but like it was a good martini. And I we had a night with some friends over and I made one for everyone but then everyone wanted a second one. I was like, oh, my God. And then the martinis were hitting me and they were getting harder to make and probably weren't as good. They were definitely strong. But I guess you can make a pitcher of martinis. I don't know why that sounds like gross to me, but um, I would try it. Um, saves time. Anyway, speaking of vodka, she adds two cups uh, to the pitcher, one cup of orange liqueur, some pomegranate juice and half a cup of freshly squeezed lime juice and she says it has to be fresh and as she's juicing the uh the limes she says i remember the first time i had a cosmo and i said whoa that's serious and then she pauses and says i've gotten quite used to them Hmm. (laughs) i don't know why that made me laugh uh really hard actually because it's just like i love that she loves to drink i love that and i think she was on that um it's like a, a feature that Seth Meyers does. I don't know if it's like on the, like the late show. I guess it is when he just like goes to a bar and drinks with someone. And he did it with Ina one time, which is so funny. But you could tell either she's like really she was really composed because Seth was like tanked. And Ina was like definitely very giggly. But I don't think Ina's going to let herself get to the point where she's going to like fall off her bar stool. You know what I mean? So I would just I just want to party with Ina. I just want to have a Cosmo with her. But that remains to be seen. It's uh, now fingerling time. So the potatoes uh, are already boiled and she drains them into the sink. And of course, Ina says, whoa, when the steam rises up. Very classic Ina. And uh, she plans on serving them with, she calls it aioli, but I call it aioli, which I guess is like potato, potato, pun intended, because we're talking about fingerlings here. But um, what do you all say? Aioli, aioli. I'm, I'm interested. Uh, anyway, so she boils them for 10 minutes. This is like her foolproof method here. She boils them for 10 minutes. She drains them in a colander and then lets them steam under a dish towel for, I, I think she said 10 minutes. Um, and now she's starting to make the aioli, aioli, one of those. Um, and she starts with a piece of bread. 
just one piece of bread. I don't think there was any crust on it, but this acts as a thickener for the aioli. So I thought that was interesting. I, I would have never pictured that, I guess, to be a part of this recipe. So into she puts the bread into like a little bowl and then she adds like two tablespoons. She said champagne or white wine vinegar to it. Um, I don't know which one she added. And she kind of sets that aside to let it soak. And now it's time to chop up some garlic. Lots of it is what she says. I think there's like six cloves. Um, and she gives them a little bit of a rough chop and puts them in a food processor along with two egg yolks, some lemon juice, juice and lemon zest. And then she adds a half a teaspoon of saffron, which of course, as we all know, are the stamens of crocuses. Um, she adds salt, pepper, and then that soggy slice of bread. She gives it like a squeeze before she puts it in the uh, food processor, which it just looks so gross. But, um, you know, I guess it's part of the recipe. Uh, so she gives that all a blitz. And after that's combined, she drizzles it um, or she drizzles some olive oil into the food processor in order to thicken it up. And then she pours the aioli into a silver bowl, one of her classic silver bowls and then slices the fingerling potatoes lengthwise. And honestly, her next line is like, who needs dinner when you've got this? But it really does look like a meal fit for a king or really like a side dish, I guess. I would love this. I would just like a glass of white wine, sitting out on the porch, having this. Oh, it's a dream. Um, so, And also she sprinkles some chopped chives on top of it just to give it a little bit of a, you know, some pizzazz. And Ina takes one of the bite, or one of the bites. She takes a bite of one of them, and of course, it's delicious. So now, it's time for these blue cheese souffles. Gross, but beautiful. I can definitely appreciate them. Uh, she's making two of them, two big ones. So she has ten egg whites and eight egg yolks, and she roughly chops up some Roquefort. Ugh, sick. Um, and then she pours a few cups of milk. Uh, into one saucepan and then into the other, like another saucepan goes some melted butter and uh, some flour. She's making a roux, of course. And as she's like doing all this, she's like, people go crazy for these souffles. Um, and uh, once the butter and flour are combined, she adds the warm milk uh, from the other saucepan and whisks it until it's nice and thick. And then we have some spices. She adds a pinch of nutmeg, some cayenne pepper, some salts regular pepper and then get, uh, she turns the heat off and once the heat is off she whisks in those eight egg yolks along with the blue cheese uh, she also adds some parmesan as well which i i mean i just wish it was any other cheese but blue cheese like give me a cheddar give me a gruyere but i don't know if gruyere would work as well i guess because i feel like you need something light and gruyere is so like not, not sticky but ooey and gooey but I don't know I've never made a souffle but um, I'm sure there are other versions of this um, I lost my place in my notes where do we go okay so she adds or she pours the batter into two glass bowls uh, to cool down and while that's cooling down she makes basically like the fluffy parts which is the egg whites so into the standing mixer they go along with some cream of tartar and a pinch of salt and as that whips up uh, Ina tidies up just a little bit and gets these two huge white buttered souffle dishes. They're beautiful. They're probably like $75 each. And she puts uh, half the egg whites in each of the bowls and then folds it in, being very careful not to deflate the egg whites. 
And once it's finally incorporated, she pours the batter into the souffle dishes and off they go into a 400 degree oven. Okay, I have to stop here because this is such a weird sentence that she says. She says, into a 400 degree oven. And then she says, and I'm immediately going to turn it down to 375 and cook them for 30 to 35 minutes. Is that some sort of technique? Like why... Why set it that high? I don't know. Like, it seems like it's she should have just said, like, and I'm going to cook them at 375 for this amount of time. But she says, into a 400 degree... Wow. Words, Nick. Into a 400 degree... <laughs> I'm going to keep this in. This is like the stuff that I usually cut out, but it's the 100th episode. I'm, I'm a stuttering mess today. Into a 400 de- degree oven. I'm still stuttering. Um that I'm immediately going to turn down to 375. I just don't understand that. But maybe someone out there knows. Let me know. Um, so now Ina's whipping up a table setting with those practically like a garden of flowers that she got from Michael. Uh, so she basically what she's doing is she's doing five vases, vases, uh, with five different types of flowers. And it's on the circle table, mind you. So there's not a lot of room. I feel there's only like five... I can't remember how many people show up. None of this matters. Um, there's one like rogue pink Lysanthius in the mix. Ina calls it a wacky pink one. And it kind of, so basically it all of these bouquets kind of are gently pushed together to make the effect of a bigger bouquet, even though they're all separate. I have to say, I don't love this. And normally Ina nails it with their flowers but there's something about like these blocks of different flowers that just felt disjointed to me again I don't really give a shit about the flowers in most episodes because I, she always does a great job but I really think she she didn't miss the mark like it still looked fine but it wouldn't be the way that I did it so I I, I hate to say that Ina um because I'm sure she spent a lot of money on those flowers too so the guests have arrived and there are more than just Billy and Barbara here. I'll have to say there's like a mystery woman and I don't know who she is. And I actually don't know which one is Barbara. Maybe it was the one who asked for a Cosmo. I'm not sure. Um, They're eating the potatoes and Ina makes them promise they won't have any fun until I get back. Um, So Ina hands out the pomegranate Cosmos and she says, the pomegranate juice is so good for you. Okay, let me start over with this one. She says, the pomegranate juice is so good for you that it counteracts the vodka. And then she laughs. But the first time she said it, I thought she said, the pomegranate juice is so good for your cataracts. I, I heard counteracts and cataracts. And uh, thank goodness for subtitles because I, I did not know what she was saying there. But it was just like a cheeky little joke, I guess. But maybe pomegranate juice is good for cataracts. Who knows? Probably not, though. Um, so they cheers and then Ina goes into the kitchen to check on that disgusting souffle <laughs> and to pop those spicy apple turnovers into the oven. Spicy or spiced? I wrote spicy, but I think it's spiced. Um, and you know what? I, I will say I don't love blue cheese, but the souffles look incredible. It is like a, it is a work of art. It's, it's like, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's a dazzling piece of food. Um, and she says, she takes them out of the oven. She's like, wow, doesn't that look great? No pizza tonight. And I was like, I'd rather have the pizza. Ew, can you imagine a blue cheese pizza? I'm sure that exists. Yuck. Um, and Ina says, oh, she so she brings the souffles to the table. And Ina says, I know you were expecting water and lettuce leaves. And then she like throws her head back and laughs. 
Uh, Billy loves it. Uh, Ina says, uh, who's ready for dessert? And Billy says, is it a dessert souffle? And Ina loses it. And she's like, you never know. And then she scurries away. And Billy, she brings the, uh, the, the spiced turnovers, spiced apple turnovers to the table. And Billy says, Ina, I have a suggestion for you. What if we move in? You can do this every day. You can cook and I can eat. And it has very like Jeffrey energy. You know what I mean? Like that's something like Jeffrey would say, even though he does live there. Uh, that's exactly what Jeffrey does. Is he just like, Ina cooks, Jeffrey eats. It's a very great setup. And then I think, I didn't write down the actual ending, but I think that was like kind of the end. They all sort of, you know, give a, raise their glasses and it, it fades to black. I don't know. Usually I write down the, those details, but I forgot. And that is the end of the episode. And what an episode it was. 100 episodes, folks. I can't believe it. I feel like it's a big milestone. I feel like... It's been such a journey. I've done like one other solo podcast before in my life, and I don't know if I made it to a hundred episodes, um, but but it feels like it feels right. Feels good to be back. Like I said, it feels good to be back for the fall and for the holidays. And uh, by the way, if you are a um, a hydrangea on the good Patreon, I'm starting that up again too. I had to put it on pause for a month. Um, for some reason, I thought you could put it on pause for as long as you wanted to, but you could put it on pause for a month, which means no one gets billed, and then it starts up again. So I'm gonna. This episode actually is gonna be released on Thursday, a day early. So if you are um, a hydrangea at the good Patreon, you get these main episodes a day early on Thursday, and then you get an extra bonus episode every Friday. So just to do some, you know cover some groundwork there um but that's all i have for you so thank you again everyone 100 episodes i'm so glad to be back thank you all for listening um and if you want to follow the podcast on social media you can follow it on instagram at good vanilla pod and you can also send me an email at good at gmail.com also i made a group for the good vanilla on facebook very easy to find just search the good vanilla And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. Also, if you want to sign up for the Patreon, it's at patreon.com slash thegoodpatreon. A lot of episodes on there, um, some back episodes, too. So a lot of uh, episodes with some guests as well, too. So a lot of cool stuff happening there. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kachanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, the aforementioned Best Supporting Podcast Every Week with Colin Drucker. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.